Welcome to Minified, a podcast about web dev and tech news that piqued my interest. I'm your host, Richard, and I'm looking forward to this episode. Some time ago, I stumbled upon Wormhole, a service for simple and private file sharing that employs end-to-end encryption and links that automatically expire. This tool has been built by the company that goes by the name of Socket. Who was behind it? Only the authors and maintainers of WebTorrent, StandardJS, and Stream HTTP, so pretty cool stuff. And these guys have just introduced a new Socket tool that aims to help us developers with preventing and mitigating vulnerabilities caused by supply chain attacks. So we're talking about malicious code making it into your application unintentionally by installing open source libraries that contain malware into your project. We have seen dozens of examples of this happening in the last year, and according to the article where Socket was introduced, the attacks are happening more and more frequently, so it's definitely something we all should address. I definitely recommend giving the whole article a read, because on top of summing up some good practices on how to avoid being a victim here, they also share an interesting story of how malware can actually make it to a piece of open source you might be using. The main revelation for me is that if we think about what we're actually doing with npm install is we are downloading code that we haven't read from the internet written by people we don't know that we make part of our apps and execute with full permissions on our computers. So it's actually a surprise that it is working quite well, right? And yeah, even though there are tools like Dependabot or SNCC that can compare your dependencies against common vulnerabilities and exposures, or CVEs, and analyze this data to let you know if you're using something that might cause harm to you or your users, on average a malicious package is available for 209 days before even being reported. Now let this number sink in, and on top of that, Installing a package automatically introduces loads of transitive dependencies. And I can make a safe bet to say that most of us are not reading the code that we install via package managers. But let's say you are up for some light reading. Well, in case of NPM, it doesn't actually let you read the source code of a package on their website. So you do the next best thing and click on the homepage that is usually on GitHub. But nobody actually guarantees that what you see on GitHub is what the npm package is going to install and many supply chain attacks have actually taken advantage of this. There are a lot more vulnerabilities with our open source ecosystem, like something that's called typo squatting. This is where the attacker publishes a package with a similar name to what you want to use that is a copy of what you actually meant to install but it has an added value of mining Monroe for the malicious maintainer. These types of attacks are usually carried out with the help of obfuscation and using installation scripts that are actually a great feature to have and would be a breaking change if removed even though they would temporarily disable some types of attacks. Alright, now that you have all of this information, let's take a look at how Socket actually helps you be better protected. At its core, it analyzes the actual behavior of a package instead of scanning static and often stale data like Dependabot. It lets you know if it detects something suspicious, like pointing out where the code accesses the network, the shell, 
the environment variables or the file system so you can go ahead and check if it's all kosher. Socket also has a GitHub app that works similar to Dependabot that audits your dependencies and informs you if a package's capabilities have changed so you can act accordingly. Socket is still in beta, but it can already alert you of typo squads issues in your pull requests and more alerts should be available by the end of March. Last week, we got a bunch of exciting new updates from the team behind Gatsby as part of the Gatsby Conf 2022, so let's dive into all the new Gatsby product announcements. One of the new features that is coming to Gatsby Cloud is the Image CDN. Image CDN is an extension of the already existing Edge network that provides image optimizations. If you integrate it with your source plugins, it optimizes your images, stores them in cache, and serves them through a proxy. This should reduce the performance impact of serving images through a CDN. Next up, Gatsby announced a public beta of incremental deploys. This feature enables the Gatsby Cloud to find the quickest and most efficient way to deploy your changes. Under the hood, GC only deploys what has changed for faster build times, but still keeps track of changes to your routing information so you can easily roll back to older versions. Gatsby builds on the fact that one of the main uses for the framework is connecting to and displaying information from content management systems. And they are making some nice additions that will help people set all of that up by introducing CMS homepage starters that can help developers get up and running quickly for leading CMS platforms like WordPress. In other news, TypeScript is now fully supported by the Gatsby framework and the Gatsby cloud. Gatsby is using Parcel as a compiler and it is planning to invest time into improving TypeScript support in the future. We also get a bunch of security and privacy updates in the form of support for on-premise GitHub repositories and private IP addresses, albeit only for enterprise customers. And developers can now include redirects that acknowledge language and country headers in the Gatsby framework and Gatsby Cloud. We also get a solution for the trailing slashes problem. Gatsby can now help you stay consistent by adding a new config that can always add or always remove trailing slashes globally in your app. DevOps is most likely always going to be something that I will keep covering and sharing with all of my listeners, because on one hand, I think it's great that in this age and time, it's actually pretty simple to get up and running with your hosting, but at the same time, a lot of the tools that exist leave much to be desired. So without further ado, we have a new contender on the field of operations, and it comes from the creators of Blitz.js, which is a React framework built on top of Next.js, Brendan Breyer. In a story similar to that of the founder of Render, Brendan, being a developer, wanted to address a big pain of development, deploying to production, by introducing their own solution to it called Flight Control. Arguing that there are tons of options for deploying apps, most of them abstract the underlying cloud provider too much, imposing various limitations. Flight Control promises to focus on developer experience above all, looking at you, AWS, and unlimited scaling. You okay, Heroku? On top of all that, Flight Control promises to deliver specific support with extra features and care to any framework you might be using. Plus, you always have full ownership over the AWS account and can tweak anything you need. As of today, 
Flight Control only supports web servers on Fargate, AWS's RDS database, and static sites on CloudFront, but background processing, serverless functions, and many, many more are coming soon. And one killer feature that is also in the pipeline is full-stack preview deployments. Flight Control promises to be able to spin up additional ephemeral environments super easily and are also planning to integrate with services like PlanetScale, which would be oh so good. The configuration for your environments can be done via their GUI, and they also support infrastructure as a code in the form of a JSON file, which sounds great. Countless awesome features are being promised here, like the support for monorepositories, easily configure different environments, automatic HTTPS, and many more things that Flight Control could take care of us without hassle. This Y Combinator company has their docs still in Notion, and they are very simple, but I can't wait to try this out and see how they deliver on their promises. Stoked! Thanks for tuning in to Minified. If you like what I do, the best way to support me is to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues. Catch you later!